This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of Butcher's Breakaway is brought to you by, as always, our Patreon subscribers. Could not do without you. You want to join our Discord and support the Blue Shirts Breakaway? You can go to patreon.com slash blueshirtsbreakaway right now. Donate a dollar to us and get access to our Discord, ask us questions, or you can always yell at us on Twitter if you'd like to do that also. We're all available. On today's show, limited Ranger news. Talk about Hank and the All-Star appearance. We have a Avs writer on. Talk about what the Rangers could be prospecting out of the Avalanche over the past couple weeks. And we talk a little bit of Royal Rumble at the end, so here's the show. Welcome to another week of the Week. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm here with my host, Greg. I'm here with Greg. Say hello! It must be miserable for the people. There are people I know that listen to the podcast at yeah. 1.5 speed. Mm-hmm. Yes. This can't be making any sense for them. No, I think I hit most every word there, too. I, I Last week, I pretended, pretended. I didn't pretend. I actually went as slow as possible. This week, I tried to change it up and give us a high speed into the all-star break when it's over. I don't care. Whatever. Welcome to another Rangers episode of the Bushers Breakaway. You, if you last heard us, we did a uh, Rosie's House of Hockey episode. If you haven't checked those out, Greg and I have been doing a mini-series on the Riveters. We teamed up with the w, uh, NWHL, and we've had the head coach of the Riveters on, Randy Velashek. And this week we had another player, and wow, I'm a terrible person. Uh, Captain Michelle Picard. Uh, really? Miss Wildflower. Captain Wildflower herself. Yeah, Miss Wildflower herself. I knew Wildflower in my head. I was like, why am I only calling a Wildflower? Uh, but it was luck for you right now. Great, great interview uh, with both of them. If you want to check this out, that's also on our feed. Appreciate it if you do. If not, that's not your thing. I get it. It's okay. Don't support us. Uh, all we right. Got, <laughs> we got, and we, we will say we have two more episodes coming, but we're taking some, I think, the next two weeks off. Yep. We're, we're coming back with one on the uh, on Valentine's Day, I think. Uh, no, I think it's the day. The episode, the episode drops on Valentine's Day. Yes, you're right. I'm dumb. All right, cool. Got that on. You're right. I'm dumb is uh, something you love to hear, I'm sure. Uh, it it does something to me. There is very limited Ranger news for this week, but there are some some brief things I want to touch on before we get into maybe some serious trade talk. And we have a nice interview today. We have Adrian Dater from BSN Denver comes on, who talks all about the trade possibilities with the Avalanche. You've probably heard, if you do follow the Rangers, and probably why you're listening to us, that the Rangers have had scouts at the games. So we can kind of break that down with uh, Adrian. So that's fun. But Greg, on this podcast before and uh, in the future, I'm sure we will, We've talked mm. about the Rangers' social media presence, right? And we've talked about what they have. The lack thereof. Yeah, what they have and have not done. I think it's time sure. for me to give them a li- at least a little bit of credit and a little bit of well, go- gold star you tried. Because I've noticed something over the past two weeks. It's that all of a sudden, and I think it's because the trade deadline's coming up, and maybe call me Conspiracy Ryan about this, but there yeah. have been some videos that have popped out that have been like, hey guys, look, it's the Rangers having fun. Like Mika Zabinajad and Buchnevich doing like uh, NHL rating competition. They had yeah. uh, they had Chris Kreider and Mika Zabinajad do like the dating newlywed game. Sort yeah. Of. Before you go any further on that, we need to talk. I could not be the only one who thought this. Uh, what the fuck is up with Chris Kreider laughing? 
Did you watch the video? I, I did watch the video. I actually love Chris Carter's laugh. So it's like his, his, his laugh itself is fine. I just it's like he wants to laugh and his face doesn't know how. It's it's he laughs like ah ah ha 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 ha. It's like what what's happening, Chris? You okay? I just I I wonder I wonder what the first thing was that he found joyous and. It must have been something that no one else could have found funny, and someone told him that's not funny, and it's it's almost like every time he tries to laugh now, he doesn't want anyone to think it's funny. I also heard a rumor that he doesn't actually speak Russian. Just throw it out there. <laughs> like, the, like we've all been told that he speaks fluent Russian the whole entire time, but then the Russian players don't understand him whatsoever. Just saying. Um, yeah, I also think it's hilarious that you guys think the one reason why people shouldn't I, I, there are very valid reasons why the Rangers shouldn't trade Chris Kreider. I think last on the list is his ability to speak Russian. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably the hockey and his laugh <laughs> that scares all the opponents he's playing. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. I, I, there are a lot of again a lot of reasons why I would want Chris Kreider on the podcast. If you don't think the first thing I'm asking him is the fuck is up with you laughing, guy, and then he would uh, go ah got nothing coming. Ah, ha, ha. Ah, <laughs> like a slow mandar from Dexter's laboratory. Um, so just back to the Rangers point for a second. There has been this influx of sort of this like dating game online sort of, hey, look, the Rangers are kind of happy. Do you feel like, okay, maybe the Rangers PR and in general have been like, okay, now's the time. You know, we've heard the criticism from Blue Shirts Breakaway and other people on Twitter. Maybe it is time to do something fun with this. Or is this like, hey... We're about to trade Zuccarello and a lot of your favorite players. We might as well give you some happy thoughts. Hey, here's a dog. No, I, the Rangers have always done video vignettes well. If it wasn't, if it's not the newlywed stuff, or um, earlier this year they sat the players down to have them say stuff about like the most uh, superstitious player, and everyone was just shitting on Hank. Uh, you go back to step on behind the mic that. MSG is a massive video organization. They've always done these short videos well. My problem isn't so much that. It's it's when they're not doing those kind of things. Their, their Twitter feed is just, there's a hockey game tonight. The Rangers have scored. The Rangers, the Rangers have given up a goal. Hockey. It, there's, there's no, and it, it, I guess it's fine if you don't want your Twitter, uh, Twitter account to have a personality. Uh, I, I personally think it takes away from your team if it doesn't. I can't think of many other organizations not run by Madison Square Garden that have as little personality as the Knicks Twitter feed does or the Rangers Twitter feed does. Um, well, between like, you know, between the Golden Knights and the Philadelphia Flyers. But, but like it's, it, 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 okay, but I'm not asking them to be like the head of the class. It, the, the Mets – Twitter has a personality to it. The Yankees' Twitter has a personality Nick's to Twitter it. Twitter actually has a lot of personality, especially with like the DD emotes and all that stuff. Emojis. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's not like it's a New York thing where all New York teams don't have Twitter personalities. It seems like the Rangers and the Knicks have gone out of their way to be as vanilla as possible on just their Twitter feed, and then they'll slice they'll splice in these videos that are really well done because they're a super there's a huge amount of creativity inside the MSG offices. They're just not the ones in charge of the Twitter account. So it's, it, if anything, it, those types of videos actually get me more frustrated with the Rangers Twitter timeline because we know the creativity is there. 
it just feels like they go out of their way to stifle it sometimes. I, I, it does feel that way. Like it's just like the corporate, hey, we're the New York Rangers. We're so corporate and dressed down. So I just or dressed up rather than anything. It's it's a very weird atmosphere they create for themselves. But at the games themselves, like everything that's on the jumbotron is hilarious. Or like gets, right. me, gets that, me pumped I, up. Everything everything surrounding the New York Rangers and and the Knicks to their credit too oozes charisma and personality. And then you go on their Twitter timelines, and it's just we have a game tonight at eight o'clock. Here are your ways to watch it. The Rangers or, have scored again. So and so, it's just it's just like they use it for only press releases as opposed to trying to dress it up a little bit more than that. And we've uh, you you listed a couple of them, but we've seen super successful ways teams can utilize their Twitter account to get more attention and gain more fans. It, you don't have to be as vanilla as new, the Rangers and the Knicks decide to be. But it's a decision that they've made. Uh, I personally appreciate it when their personality comes out. It comes out often. The videos you mentioned are great. I just wish it was more of that. I'm not saying exclusively that, but definitely more of that. And that's all I had to say about it for this week. Now, other new Ranger news this week. It really was limited. Uh, Hank went to the yeah. All-Star game. And, and it was Hank. Yes. It was, it was really he Hank. It was super Hank the whole time. Had a big wrench just hanging out there. Uh, was the most popular person outside of the people that uh, were in San Jose or play on the San Jose team on the red carpet or whatever carpet you want to call it. I don't care. Uh, and then also won $25,000 for himself for the streak or, or a charity for the streak of, of blocking every shot possible. And then also dapped Sidney Crosby on the bench, and that was weird for me. Uh, so that was strange. But other than that, like, I <laughs> – that was so weird. I, I don't really know. Like, the All-Star game was – I watched, like, the highlights. It wasn't – I didn't watch it. I don't care. I I had no reason we, to watch it. I was, I was with a bunch of mu- our mutual friends this weekend in a lodge in Vermont for a ski weekend where I didn't ski. Uh, and what? we watched the skills <laughs> Wait, You didn't even try. I don't ski. Oh. I don't, I'm a ski. Okay. I was not the only one who didn't ski. Half of us didn't go skiing. We went there for the extracurriculars. Hmm. Interesting. The other skiing. Got it. Uh, <laughs> no, not those kind of extracurriculars. <laughs> oh, I, w- sorry. I wish. I would have had a great weekend. You mean uh, just, just no. hanging out with their good friends and bonding? Yeah. The, I have. While we're talking about it, the mm-hmm. septic system at the place we were staying oh, no. uh, backed up on us. Oh, no. <laughs> Thursday night, we all went to bed. Everything seemed fine. Friday morning we wake up and it's just a shit covered basement floor. Hmm. So that was a smelly was time not, then. Not ideal. Did I ever tell uh, you I should have I, probably gone skiing that day? You brought up the the word septic. Did I ever tell you that I had a minor surgery when I was in high school and the doctor that did it on me was arrested later and they, his nickname was Sept, Septic Squirts? Yes, that's correct. He he did malpractice. So that's maybe why I'm so messed up. That would it, this makes some sense to me. Yeah. So there you go. So that's uh, anyway. Spe- speaking of. Okay. Speaking of shitty, uh, yes. it wasn't shitty, but we we watched the skills competition Friday morning while we were eating breakfast. That that's basically where I was going with that. I had, I just I I don't care about any All Star game. I can't. The only thing I care about is the NBA skills competition. That's about it. I'll and probably the watch Derby. I'll definitely watch this year the the three point contest in the NBA because Steph Curry's going to be in it and Dirk Nowitzki. So that's fun. That's fun for me. Right. I like I like the NBA skills competition. I like the home run derby, and then that's it. The if I had to pick a number three. I like when they introduce all the baseball all stars, and then I'll turn the game off as soon as they're introduced. <laughs> I don't. I, don't even I have. Know that I just have no interest in watching <laughs> all star games. They're the same. Just, I'm of the opinion you should just name the team and not play the game. I, I don't see that. Well, I mean, they make too much money off of it, right? 
the I believe the for the pro, at the same the time. Pro but if you're the if you're the team if you're the team and say you're the Rangers and you send Henrik, I mean it doesn't matter this year. Okay, let's pick a team that actually matters. Um, say you're the the Maple Leafs and you sent Austin Matthews to this All Star game and Matthews gets hurt. That's last time we have an All Star game. Like as soon as there's a major injury in an All Star game, and I know. They're rare because everyone's playing at below fifty percent effort. No, I would say that's still, that's even the, being generous. Imagine, imagine, um, imagine for a second, Steven Strasburg is starting the All Star game and he blows out his elbow on the second pitch of the game. This is the last time baseball will have an All Star game. It's not really worth it at the end of the day. There's nothing to. It's it, it's fine. I appreciate that when teams are named, it's great. I I personally don't care for the games to be played because they're not competitions. It's the definition of an exhibition. It's like going to a Harlem Globetrotter game. You know the outcome. Nobody really gives a shit. Some guys are going to do some fun things. The format itself is interesting, but that format would be more fun if it was like a video game simulation and people were actually playing. I'd rather, I know, I'd, I'd actually rather watch uh, the players play video games of themselves, but that's how many sports are. So whatever. Yeah, I just, I, I really, I really, there, I can't remember the last time I watched an All-Star game. I also understand 110% that the All-Star game is not marketed towards me. It's definitely skewing towards a younger audience. And if the leagues feel that these are the best ways to push their brand. It's and just make a promotion a for yourself, more popular, right? You're... Right. Yeah. Fucking, fucking go for it. I don't feel so strongly about it that I'm saying abolish the All-Star game. I just, I truly don't believe an All-Star game will ever be important. And I think it's a lot smarter just to to name the teams. The fact that Mitch Trubisky was a pro bowler speak because all the quarterbacks decided to back out again. Yeah. I, I don't care. Like, who cares? And then, Nobody, and then, no, and then I, Mahomes I, I took know. a picture with all them and was like, best quarterback class. It's like, okay, bro, thanks. Appreciate it. It's just you, buddy. I don't know. I, I'm glad you're propping those guys up. But, man, you're the best no, no, one by the, far. You, you, you keep shitting on Deshaun Watson when you do that, and uh, I get really mad. I'm doing it on purpose. Uh, also, the Pro Bowl probably does better ratings than the NHL's finals. By, by probably I means certainly, which is ridiculous. I didn't watch a second of the Pro Bowl. I Who forgot that cared? it happened on Sunday. Yeah, it, well, I accidentally went to the gym. Uh, I purposely went to the gym, and it was accidentally on, rather. Uh, and I watched, like, maybe a couple downs, and I was like, Who would watch this? I watched some guy, Someone like, do like a two-hand Someone had a better idea. Cool. Someone had a better idea what that weekend before the Super Bowl should be. The worst team in the second worst team in the NFL should have to play for the rights to draft the first overall. That is exciting as fuck. I would yeah. watch the winner. It. Winner gets the number one pick. That would be. I would watch. That would be much more exciting. Shit out of that. That's a good one. All right, but that'll never happen though because of uh, player safety never and happen. some other stuff. But I, that would be a good, good, good time to watch. I was like fiending for sports yesterday, and I ended up with a Royal Rumble. We'll talk about that later. Um, there's uh, is there any other Ranger news that we've been missing other than the interview stuff that we uh, go over? I think Matt Zuccarello infected his own foot in order to avoid getting traded. Yeah, I it think does that does seem that way. Uh, I know Kevin Hayes is back on the ice this week. Yeah, Hayes is, Hayes is coming back. Larry Brooks had another piece today saying it it shit or get off the pot time. It's the same. It's basically the same article with new quotes that he wrote last month and. The, the piece that gets me the most in that article is Brooks saying that Gorton and Hayes' agent haven't sat down to talk contract. And I get that there's still a month until the trade deadline and a lot of things can change in that month. I would have I have to assume that if Jeff Gorton really wanted Kevin Hayes to be a New York Ranger long term, it would happen. That already. conversation would have happened already. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah, we keep I and it, this isn't just me being pessimistic. I mean, 
the Blue Jackets and Panarin's representation have been talking a lot over the last two weeks. The Senators have been super active with both Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone's representation over the last two weeks. The other teams who have pending free agents have been super active in dialogue with their pending free agents, and the Rangers haven't been. So either Jeff Gordon has a very interesting negotiating system that he utilizes or to me more likely the, I just, the, I the cold shoulder yeah i don't think that's how that works right i think that's how you yeah, build a I, relationship i i get what gordon is doing in terms of he's trying to wait the other markets out he it jeff gordon's negotiating power with other teams intensifies if both duchene and stone signed long-term deals in ottawa so i get why kevin hayes is still here plus kevin hayes has been hurt so his value though still as high as it's ever been as a New York Ranger is a little lower today than it was three weeks ago. I don't think he'll have any problem trading Kevin Hayes. I think the return is going to be something we consider no worse than adequate. Uh, And I think people just need to remember the, the most important part of this. If the Rangers really like Kevin Hayes, you can trade him and sign him. You can do both. You can trade him. And before you trade him, tell him, Look, man, we want you here long term, but in order for you to help us be better long term after we agree to your contract, we need these assets when we trade you to then help you when you come back. And it it, it passes the buck a little bit, but even if you get like a B-level return for Kevin Hayes, which is probably a first round pick and a decent prospect, you get that first round pick, a decent prospect and Kevin Hayes. At the end of it, I, I think Kevin Hayes is firmly the Rangers plan B if they can't sign Panarin. Uh, I, and I don't think a trade changes that at all. Probably not. I don't have any other news. I think uh, we've, we've been hockeyless. I'm ready for it to come back. Uh, yeah, the only other, only other thing is there was a defenseman trade today. And it's a funny trade because uh, the, the Penguins sent Jamie Oleksiak back to the Stars mm-hmm. for the same pick that the Stars originally traded to the Penguins for Jamie Oleksiak. That's so funny. So he played 83 <laughs> games with the Pittsburgh Penguins basically on loan. The rental system. Is what it came comes down to. Right. I do have and a five-star question for us before we go to the interview. Sure, hit me. Uh, we actually missed this one last week. This person seemingly uh, left the same comment on us and another podcast, Bandery Blizzards, uh, iTunes. So I'm assuming it was for us because it's labeled a five-star question. It's by Shoutout85. Hey, guys. As always, great show. Thank you. Question is... By the end of the 3 p.m. trade deadline, what current Rangers will be dealt? I think Zuccarello, McQuaid, Nemestikov, VC. Uh, some cash. Someone will, will cash in on his good season. Uh, he's saying about VC and Shattenkirk. I don't think there's any way Shattenkirk goes. Uh, he he thinks there's a hot streak in him. Maybe I, Shattenkirk has no move to Claude. Does does he not? Am I crazy? It's at least limited. I don't think it's a full no trade, but he has he, he asked for our thoughts on this, and he says keep up the good work. It's from Bill. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Um, I think Zuccarello, McQuaid, Nemestikov, and Hayes are the four that end up going. I would agree. If I think McQuaid is definitely going. I think Hayes is definitely going. I think Zuccarello is definitely going. We've heard Nemestikov's name enough from various people, be it Elliot Friedman. I mean, we talk about him with, with Adrian Dater on this podcast, that I think there's a market for Nemestikov to move him as well. Uh, I, I, I'm not trading Shattenkirk. I also don't understand why people want to trade Shattenkirk. I, it goes back to my theory of you have to sell free agents on something and the Rangers are devoid of defensive talent. 
Shattenkirk has proven to be talented defensively. He's not he's not Ryan McDonough, but he's a very good offensive defenseman who, to me, has played exceptionally well in his own zone this year. So I'm not moving him unless I'm getting a King's ransom. Uh, he's still in the heart of his prime. I think he can be part of the next actually good New York Ranger team. Uh, this team is not – I don't think – I don't think there's a market for Jimmy VC. I, I, I just, I think every team in the NHL currently has someone like Jimmy VC under contract. So I, I don't think anyone's looking to add a second Jimmy VC to their roster. Um, outside of that, I, I don't think the Rangers are motivated to trade a Ryan Strom right now. I think they're still trying to figure out what he is. Oh, uh, yeah, I think there's no not going. Zabinijad's not going, and as I as I actually wrote this week, Ryan, I, I wrote Whoa. this week, uh, the only scenario I see the Rangers trading Chris Kreider is in the offseason. I don't see the Rangers moving Chris Kreider before the deadline. I don't, I don't think it makes any sense for them. Whatever market you think is there for Kreider now, I don't think that market changes in the offseason. I, I think Kreider 100% is a Ranger after the deadline, and I think the only way Kreider isn't a Ranger on July 1st is if the Rangers get someone like Jacob True before him. That's and, and you can go read about that on BlueStreetBreakaway.com. Sure can. I crushed that article. Uh, bitch. Let's go to our interview with Adrian, and we'll come back, talk a little bit of Royal Rumble, and maybe some uh, Anthony Davis. All right, here we go. Back with our only guest of the day, we have Adrian Dater. He is a staff writer for BSN Denver. Adrian, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So, there's been a lot of different rumors as of late, uh, saying that Rangers have been scouting the Avalanche. Uh, have you noticed any of the scouts personally yourself at the game, or what have you been hearing on your side uh, about a trade that could be looming between the two teams? Well, first of all, there's nothing public about any trade that I've heard publicly. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Rangers have definitely were scouting the Avalanche uh, right up till their very last game, I believe. Or one game they didn't right before the break. Uh, but before that, they were at, you know, five, six, seven, eight games in a row. That includes home and road. Uh, I think it was Kevin Maxwell and uh, Doug Reitbrow are following around everywhere. So, uh, you know, the only – I don't understand. You know, I can't imagine that they're there just to see the sights in Colorado and stuff for, for a week and not have it something to do with potential trade or looking over some Colorado personnel. I mean that's, that's that's how it works. Yeah, but Ranger fans have been the, Ranger fans have yeah. been down that road before, though. Not I, I, you wouldn't know this, obviously. I don't think, but not even two years ago, we were getting almost daily updates about how the Rangers were scouting Ducks games, looking at defensemen, Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm. Those names are being thrown around. To this day, the Rangers are yet to make a trade with the Anaheim Ducks. So sometimes yeah, where there's yeah, I mean, there's scouts. Sometimes there's scouts who, you know, a lot of times these things just don't happen for one reason or the other. Uh, you know, that uh, just because the scouts aren't there doesn't mean. A lot of times there's scouts that are there from a certain team at every Avalanche game, and people don't know that. But like, there's usually always a scout from Vancouver with the Avs games because he lives in Denver for one thing, and uh, you know, he's always that's just that's just so he goes to every game. Um, but it all, you know, it, it doesn't mean the Canucks are close to a deal with the Avs. But the Rangers don't show up, don't show up to Avs games like that normally. So 
you know, I still think that uh, <clears throat> there's there's possibilities there. Uh, there's possibilities for some kind of deal. Uh, they also scouted the Colorado Eagles games too, up uh, a couple times up in Loveland, Colorado, the AHL team now. So uh, I think that's a bit more smoke to the fire for these rumors. And uh, yeah, it's still a month ago for the deadline. So these things often happen until the very last second. So awful lot of time to still speculate and bandy about names. Yeah. Before we get two down the hole, I think it's important just to give everyone who doesn't follow the avalanche uh, as religiously as you do kind of a, an understanding of everything going on with Colorado this year. One of the youngest teams in the league, one of the most exciting teams in the league have arguably one of the five best players in the league under contract for a long time at a definitely below market value rate. It's a team that seemed to be on the up and up last year. Maybe they've come down to earth a little bit, but they're still a very good team, Um, which it it begs the question, just how serious do you think the avalanche will be at the deadline this year? Because it, it doesn't sound like the window is just opening and it might not even be open yet. No, I don't think this is the year for the Avalanche. Uh, I don't think there's going to be anything big by them at the deadline. The only thing that could happen is a, the Tyson Berry trade, um, and that would be big. So, yeah, he's expendable. I think in the near future, he, he's a point of game guy almost on defense, but he's got his limitations defensively. He's smaller, uh, and They've got a guy named Kale McCarr who's going to take his place pretty much probably right from the jump when he comes up from UMass Amherst. Uh, kids lighting up the college hockey this year. He may win the Hobie Baker. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was the fourth overall pick last year by the Avs. So, you know, to me, you know, uh, it's complicated, though, because if they do trade Tyson Berry this year, it kind of means they're writing off this season, about anything in the playoffs, probably, you know, because Taylor Carr, while he could play in the playoffs, it's probably a little, it's, you know, it's way too early to expect him to lead them to the promised land. So if they trade Barry, that means they've sort of written off the tier already. If they don't trade him, uh, that means they, they, they're they going to try and maybe do something in the playoffs and go with their best team. So again, though, I think this is just going to be dependent on the Avalanche's record right until the deadline. Uh, that's when usually these things happen anyway. All most of the deals happen. Well, most of the big deals happen a day or two before the deadline's over. But uh, very often they go to the last day. Uh, but uh, you know, the Avalanche. I don't think they they have enough depth this year to win. Their second through fourth lines are just not good enough, in my opinion. Uh, the goaltending, though, has been the big problem lately. The goaltending is what's been terrible and keeping them from winning games. So a lot of worry there about that. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know what they're going to do about it, about that if they can't get a guy who stopped the puck. It doesn't matter what any of these trades mean. You know, what? Nothing will matter if they don't have a goalie. So right now that's a five-alarm fire going off around here is the Avalanche goaltending. So I guess the, the the big question here is, it sounds like you're making it seem the Avalanche aren't really looking for a forward or a center, somewhat like Kevin Hayes. 
um, who's been our big trade piece and has been like the big rumor for the New York Rangers. You don't see any way the Avalanche trade, trade for Kevin Hayes at any point, right? Not as a rental, no. Only if he had an extension. Um, certainly not as a rental player that could go away at USA. Not a chance. Uh, uh, doesn't mean I don't think they wouldn't like Kevin Hayes in certain ways. You know, if they could talk him into an extension somehow, uh, then maybe, you know. But I don't know what the Rangers are going to want back. They're not going to get Ottawa, that Ottawa pick that their abs on. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to give up their own first-round pick. That could be the lottery pick better than Ottawa's. I mean, it really could. The way things are going right now. So, so no picks there. Um, you know, will the, will the Rangers take Tyson Berry for Hayes straight up? Yeah. Wouldn't be a bad trade for either team, I don't think. But I don't know if the Rangers need a guy like that more than anything. They need, they need what, uh, you know, defense. defense. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Very he, is a, he is a defenseman, but uh, he doesn't yeah, play they, a lot of great defense. <laughs> he'd fit right in with the playing not a lot of great defense with the New York Rangers. Well, uh, but if they if they're gonna assuming they may buy out Shattenkirk, wouldn't he come in and maybe to be a nice younger replacement for Shattenkirk? There's no way they and, buy out Shattenkirk. Yeah, not None. not with Brendan not with Brendan Smith under contract. They have six but, other guys they're gonna buy out before him. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, yeah. and he plays good enough hockey to where he'll he'll stick around. And by good enough, I mean adequate. He actually gets on the ice and plays some sort of defense, whereas some other players, like Brendan Smith, can't even stay on an NHL roster right now after being signed yeah. to a $4.5 million defensive deal. So yeah, a little bit, little bit of yikes for yeah. the Rangers. They have to buy him out first. So Yeah, I mean, I think the Avalanche would be well served to have a player like Kevin Hayes on the roster, but it just doesn't seem like the, 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 the assets they want to – the abs have they offer don't match up with what the Rangers need, uh, vice versa. Because you know the abs do need a, a, a more forward help. There's, there's no question about it. Um, they've got all these small guys down on their third and fourth lines. Second line guys are kind of small too, and they just get pushed away from the net too easily. So a big guy like Hayes, but I haven't seen Hayes play enough to know if he's a real battler or not whether he coasts a little bit too much. I mean, I've heard that, that he's, you know, he seems to work hard, but not every night. Uh, and I guess I'd ask you guys about that. So, he's, what do you think this about is, this? this is, I mean, he's picked a hell of a year to have the best year of his career. Um, yeah, because it's a contract year, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I'm always I leery of guys like that. Always leery of guys like that. So, it, um, it's, I don't it's know. Definitely, it's definitely tough, but I – as someone that I, I've never had a complaint about Kevin Hayes looking like he's giving it up on a night. Um, he's yeah. easily the Rangers. I, I would say easily the Rangers most defensively responsible forward. Um, mm. We've always thought the points were going to be there for him like they are this year. It's just more so that when Elaine Vino was coaching the Rangers, he liked Kevin Hayes as his shutdown center. So he wasn't really being put in positions to score on a mm. nightly basis. Uh, now that Quinn's in, the the shackles have seemingly come off, and mm. that explains why in less than half of the games this year, Hayes is already over the thirty point mark. It looked before his uh, short term injury, it looked like he was well on his way to a couple career highs in both goals and points. Mm. Um, it it to me, it does seem like, especially if the Senators decide to not trade Duchesne and Stone, I don't see a uh, short-term rental piece being worth more than Kevin Hayes this year. 
So the Rangers themselves are in a good position. But to your point, and I know yeah. Rangers, a lot of a lot of the time on our timeline on Twitter, it's Ranger fans drooling over McCarr or the Ottawa pick. It's just yeah. not going to happen, guys. Like, no, no. I don't know. I don't know other way. I know you've you've been very adamant about it, and we tend to not even uh, entertain those ideas either. It just if you're the Colorado Avalanche, who again, yeah, they have Nate McKinnon, but McKinnon, he's great now. He's going to be great for a long time. Ratanen seems to be just emerging into his prime, and like you said, the goaltending is a question in and of itself, even with Kevin Hayes. I don't know if the Avalanche are significantly better this year, and you got a shot at Jack Hughes. Why? Why would you give that up? Yeah, no, they, no, they're not trading those picks. I mean, um, that that's for sure. Uh, you know, it's I think it's Barry or nothing. I mean, um, you know, maybe they throw in a, you know, um, I don't know, maybe they throw in a Carl Soderberg going back. That's, that's I don't think that's now. I think they haven't given up too much. So if they did that. Soderberg and Barry for Hayes. I think that's a pretty big win for the Rangers. If they get, uh, but uh, no, they don't think that. I don't think they think they're going to do anything this year. Next year is the one I think the Avalanche management has always been looking at more than this year. Because then, yeah, maybe you add a Jack Hughes to your roster and their own first round pick and Kale McCarr and another guy named Connor Timmins, who's a promising young defenseman here who finally looks to be playing hockey again soon after not playing since May over a concussion. Uh, so they've got these like four pieces, young pieces they think are going to be on the roster next year, maybe. Plus they've got their own pick from this year that they played pretty well. The forward Martin Kaut, uh, he's, he was their first round pick this year. Um, so I think it's all about next year. There's no, there's no, uh, they're gambling, you know, if they thought they were closer to a cup this year, they'd then they uh then they'd make a trade for a Kevin Hayes if they thought it was the final piece. But I they they just got four they still got three or four pieces to add in really to win a cup. I mean and maybe I'm including goaltender now on that. Um just been so bad lately. Uh that uh, you just think, God almighty, what are they gonna do? for a goalie now. I mean, they have nothing in the system. And uh, Varlamov is 30, looking like he's 40. Um, Philip Grubauer has been just brutal coming over, frankly. Uh, he makes a spectacular save every now and then, but, you know, simple ones seem to elude him. So that's not good. I think he's got a save percentage in the 880s. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're not close enough at the bottom line. Kevin Hayes would have been a nice piece, maybe on a team that's closer to a cup. But uh, as, it, as it stands now, I would see him more being shopped to, uh, you know, a real contender like, uh, you know, name your name your name your teams. I mean, maybe maybe Nashville, maybe Winnipeg, maybe San Jose. Win- Winnipeg uh, has made sense two years running, and uh, we we've spoken with. Oh, and he's gone. And he's gone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we did it again, man. We said something. We said something we weren't supposed to say. Oh, you know, I'll type this out real quick, and we'll just keep going. And maybe I'll cut it. Who knows? Anyway, keep going. Uh, you were saying, uh, ask me the question, Craig. So the Winnipeg, you know, Jets have gone two <laughs> two years straight running for Kevin Hayes, but yet it's not no, happening. Who, Win, Winnipeg, Calgary makes a lot of sense. Carolina, 
it, it makes sense. I just don't know what Carolina is doing. Uh, and next week, I think we're going to have our friend Brian LeBlanc back on to talk about Carolina a little bit. Love Brian. Big, big fan of him as a guest. Yeah, it just it, it's super interesting. It, it does feel like I don't think we're overvaluing Kevin Hayes. I just I hate to say it. I, maybe NHL GMs are getting a little smart. You mean like baseball GMs, which we might talk about later in the show or on the paper next year? <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't I don't think baseball GMs have gotten too smart. I think so. Colluding is what you're saying. I don't think they're colluding either. I just think the financial structure in baseball makes it so it, it just doesn't make sense to really shop in the free agent market at all. It does not. All right. Uh, well, but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. The, um, the one Adrian question I want to ask. He's going to jump back up. I'm sure he'll be back. The one question I really want to ask Adrian as soon as he does come back in a second here, I'm sure I'm assuming, uh, is really let's get down to the nitty gritty and ask why the Rangers prospects uh, scouts were there in the first place. So that's what we'll be doing as soon as he returns well, yeah, next on Blue Shirt Breakaway. And I'm also curious. We, there's there's a name floating around around the Avalanche that we haven't brought up yet. Uh, we've we've heard the name Vlad Nemestikov at least once. And it, it kind of jives with what Adrian's saying in terms of he's a guy under contract for next year. So if, if the vision is more focused towards next year, you heard from Adrian, they don't have any depth whatsoever. It's not that Nemestikov's going to be a second-line player for him. It's that they don't even have third-line players right now. Right. And getting uh, that depth seems very important, especially when uh, you're only going to be adding your first-round picks, and who knows if they're going to be playing right away. If it's Jack Hughes, uh, yes. I didn't realize my phone's down 3%. Oh, boy. Um, well, tough times. All right, so let's... Uh, let's dropped if you here. can call back in. We'll note back here, and we're going to stop recording. Does your phone do this? When my, I've noticed that we're, we're literally filling dead air right now. We are. Um, uh, I know. I noticed some things in case I want to edit. I might not. Who knows? My phone these days, if it gets cold, the battery drains super quick. That is not good or a real thing. No, it's just my thing. I also have like an iPhone. I don't have a four. I don't have a five. I have like the tweener phone, the SE. Is that like a, was that a thing they only sold in foreign countries? And then they were like, also, here's one for you, Greg. <laughs> remember, remember the Brohegan we want when I dropped the phone in Norm's Lake? Not only do I remember. Oh, Adrian. <laughs> Welcome back. Buddy. Yeah, I think I'm back. You're, you are back. Yeah. We, we haven't stopped recording, so we're still going. Okay. Okay, cool. I, uh, didn't show that my call drop. It's just I couldn't hear you guys anymore. But, uh, it, 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 I blame any anytime I can blame something on technology, I I do it every time. So you yeah, you're not missing anything too. there. Before before you dropped out, what I wanted to bring up is and it it it's kind of piggybacking off what you said. So the goal this year yep. for the Avalanche isn't necessarily adding for this year; it's adding for their next serious title contending push, which could be next year. And you yep. yourself had said that. The Avalanche, it's not just the fact that they need high-end players. This is an organization that needs to add legitimate NHL depth to their forward rank. Um, mm-hmm. A name you and I have talked about off the podcast has been that of Vlad Nemestikov, who is under contract for next year as well, uh, before becoming an unrestricted free agency in the summer of 2020. So you're saying it it makes sense with the Colorado timeline for them to – be more interested in the Mestikov simply for not just his skill, but his term than a short-term contract like that of Kevin Hayes. Well, whether they got Hayes or not, they would have to have a extension. I mean, they just, they can't afford to make trades for, you know, no, no team, unless you're going absolutely for the cup can afford to lose long-term assets for short-term help. And then see that term, the help walk away for nothing. Um, 
you don't think you're going to win a cup this year, you can't do that. So the Avs aren't going to do that. Like I said, I mean, if they had an extension, I think it would be a lot easier to make a deal. Uh, you know, it's amazing that Kevin Hayes is an unrestricted free agent again. And by the way, for the second time, he's <laughs> only, what, 27? Uh, it's amazing to me that some, you know, those college kids can play the system right. Boy, they, they really make out like they end up financially coming out of college where they don't re- don't sign with their original team. Those guys are universally hated, by the way, among players uh, who go out of their way to hit them sometimes. But uh, that's I guess I guess that's business. That's why they're on um, our team, two of them at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, the Avs have one of those. Teams. I was about to say, don't uh, you have one also? How has that been going? Yeah, for you guys? Alexander Kerfoot, who uh, was drafted by the Devils and then went back in just like VC did. So, uh, Jesse, uh, you got it right the first yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Um, uh, so, so is domestic comment about what, what line is he on in the Rangers zone? What, what do you think he projects at? Cause I think he can answer the question better there. Yeah. So everyone, he's famous for being the third piece of Stamkos and Kucherov. Right. And when the Rangers acquired him, everyone said literally their grandmas could play on the top line with the avalanche and average half a point a game, which probably is because they're incredibly good. Uh, This year though, it's it's been a revelation. Isn't really the word to use. I think that's overstating um, some of what he's been able to do, but he's, he's proven to be, he can play anywhere up and down the lineup. He doesn't give up a ton defensively. He isn't Mm -hmm. a point of game player like he was with Stamkos and Kucherov, but he's looked good playing with the likes of, Zibanejad and Chris Kreider at times on the Rangers' top line. He's looked serviceable mm-hmm. playing alongside Kevin Hayes, who, again, is flourishing in his own right this year. Uh, recently, he's been playing on the Rangers' third line. And, again, every time he's on the ice, he, he competes. He seems to do the little things. Uh, he was put in David Quinn's doghouse early in the season, but he came out of it, seemed to have gotten the message across, whatever the message was that Quinn wanted to – wanted to give he's on, on a good playoff team. He's a guy you want on your third line. Cause you're not going to lose anything for him. And if there's an injury to a top six player, you're not going to feel like your team yeah. is taking a massive step back for, and he's a, he's a winger, right? Uh, he's a winger. He does. When he first came over, the Rangers trotted him out as a center, uh, but he played wing in, in Tampa Bay and under Quinn this year, he's been almost exclusively a wing. But if you, if you want to, if you want to squint and really convince yourself about it, he mm-hmm. he'd probably line up in the center. I just don't think it's – I don't think that's well, his best quality. Well, I mean, from what you say, it sounds like the Avs would benefit greatly from having a guy like him because uh, some of the third-line wingers just don't cut it, in my opinion. Matt Nieto being exhibit A, uh, to me, having a bad year, a little too small. Mm-hmm. You know, the Avalanche have all these small guys, and – uh I'm not a size matters kind of guy in hockey, right? I don't, I don't think it's the bigger be all end all, but I don't, I don't, I do think you need size in your depth forward lines. I don't know why that I think that, but I just feel like that, that I need that. Um, and they have kind of all these little smurfs running around and, uh, you know, Nemetsikov is a little bit bigger, right? Uh, or am I mis- misplacing him with someone? I think he's not. A uh, I want to. I want to characterize him as a big guy. They, they, no. He, Kevin Hayes to me like, is a big guy, and that's not Vlad Nemestikov. Yeah, no. I'm, 
Taze is like six five, right? Or six four. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's kind of a he's like a small forward trying yeah. to play center. Well, yeah, Vlad Nemetskov like is better than Nemetskov is one hundred eighty four pounds. Not exactly six foot, you know. No, Not exactly. I, I must. I might be misplacing him with someone I thought, but I. Well, it does. One eighty five is pretty good size. It, I mean, as long as you know, as long as a guy can battle and not be knocked off the puck, uh, not disappear on one check, you know, just get rubbed right out of the play like the Avs forwards do, and uh, then I'd take him, take him over where we got here. Um, question is, what do you want for him? Uh, uh, doesn't sound like doesn't sound like Barry would be an overpayment for a guy like him. No, the the name uh, constantly thrown around, just not just because former first round pick pedigree, but also a student under David Quinn in college is yeah. that of Shane Bowers. Yeah. Well, um, tough call there. I'm not. Uh, I'm not too sure exactly what the Avs think of Bowers right now. I've heard that he's had a little bit of a lesser year than his freshman year. Uh, or whatever last year was that he's, you know, but he's not playing on as, as good a team, I guess at BU and points are harder to come by. Uh, generally the Avalanche are pretty, pretty, pretty conservative. I mean, they start if, if Pierre Lacroix were still the GM then he gave away first round picks like candy on Halloween, but that that's not the style of Joe Sackick. He's all about the future, the future, the future youth, but, you know, he's got to make some decisions at some point. He can't keep building forever because some of these youthful guys that, that claim, he claims that are, you know, the future, and some of these guys are starting to get a little older. I mean, Barry's 27. Landis has been around since 2011. He's a seven-year vet now. Um, yeah, they're going to hit that window in their late 20s soon where things generally start to maybe regress just a little bit in today's NHL. So, uh, you know, you got to, uh, you got to make some bold moves at some point, but, uh, I just don't think the abs are, I mean, the Metzikov could be a nice piece for them moving forward as they think that he is real and valuable for the future. But, uh, um, you know, it sounds like the Rangers think highly of him too, though. So I don't know why they'd be dealing, wanting to deal him so much. Uh, sounds uh, like he's doing pretty well there. Nemestikov is – he's one of those pieces where uh, he's, he's only 25, 26 years old still. Uh, it, like Hayes, it sounds like the, his, his timeline just doesn't fit with what the Rangers want to do. If they, if, yeah. if they had this kind of Vlad Nemestikov on their team four years ago, it would have been perfect. Now yeah. it's a rebuilding team that is more than a year away from having a meaningful playoff run. Uh, yeah. That guy on your team – doesn't it just doesn't fit the the long term picture? But but to your point, if you're the Avalanche, it's great having all these assets. But yeah. maybe your fear is you don't want to become the NHL version of the Boston Celtics, who have draft That's picks right. for days and seemingly can't do anything with them because the guy they want is a guy they can't even trade for. That's right. And as a uh, New England native uh, who grew up worshiping the Celtics, uh, yeah, that that's been pissing me off. Yeah. Well, today must be really tough for you then. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. No, we still got 17 titles. Oh, jeez. Oh, I feel so terrible for you. I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't say we. I don't say we. I'm not one of those jackasses. Oh, we say we. It's yeah. okay, man. It's all good. <laughs> okay. that's, about being, that's all about being a sports I, I, fan. No, I, but no I'm, I'm, I grew up in New Hampshire, a big, massive Celtic fan. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, but, 
but anyway, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. It seems like, you know, um, you know, it's a tough, tough thing. It's so tough to make trades in a way too, because there's so many, I don't know. It just seems like there's so many interchangeable guys too. Like the problem with the NHL now seemingly sometimes, right. Is it's really hard to identify what those, those bottom line forwards, it seems like it's really, really hard to identify the right nine there. You know, the, who are the your role guys? There's so many guys that can just skate up and down a wing in the league and make nice and skate well and have good edges and handle the puck some, but can they really be a winner on a role, fit, fit the right role on a team and, and make a difference? It seems like so many of those bottom line guys just get lost in the shuffle a little bit and they become permanent like 20 to, 20 to 35 point guys you know maybe 40 tops and it's just just like it feels like you're not really changing much of your culture or roster and by you know so are the abs getting the Mexico okay great well so we gave up guy like Bowers who's probably going to be the same kind of player in a way probably statistically you know at one point, do you, you know, what's the point, right? It's just, right. That's why it's hard to make deals, I guess. Uh, it really I, is. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you from a Ranger perspective. I think as much as Ranger fans, again, like we said, they dream about Makar or, or any of the first-round picks. That, that's great and yeah. good. Uh, the chorus is universal in if Bowers is the guy that comes back for Hayes because he's a David Quinn guy, there seems to be a lot of angst about that. At the same yeah. time – if you're looking at a Bowers for Nemestikov trade, I, I don't think any Ranger fan would really complain about it. I, I think they'd see that as uh, a yeah. good piece of business. And I don't think Avalanche fans would would be up in arms. It seems like Bowers is kind of a, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, little overkill almost in that trade. I mean, they got so many assets from that trade. Some of them are still yet to be drafted in that deal with Ottawa. I mean, they still have Ottawa's first-round pick and their third-round pick, which probably will be, you know, what? Uh, uh, good. Number, number like 60, what? 63, 64 63, at worst? It could be 61, uh, you know, right. So, 63, right. So, um, there's still two assets there to be uncovered. And, uh, and a lot of – one guy I haven't talked about who – was part of that trade that's been lost in the shuffle here because he's been injured, which he's, seems to be happening a lot with this kid already in his young career. But uh, uh, Vladislav Kamenev, the, the, the center that they got from Nashville, he's a very young, big forward who, I mean, if they sort of think he's an injury prone or something, uh, he could be a, a, a guy they could dangle as part of a trade. Maybe you guys wouldn't mind having him come back as part of any deal. They haven't really mentioned him at all anywhere, but so Cam does have some uh, talent. Like he's got good, good skill with the puck down low and he tends to, he's done pretty well on face offs and he, uh, you know, could dig or dig pucks out of the corner. It seems like he's had a lot of problems with just being healthy, but, uh, this kid, you know, maybe he's a dark horse name that we haven't mentioned that we should that could be part of any possible deal between these two teams and could satisfy the Rangers' need and, and the Avs' need. Yeah. But they need yeah. defense. I know they need defense, so 
Yeah, well, the good, the good news is the Rangers, need a, the Rangers need about a little bit of everything. So I don't, I don't think they're in a position to be too too picky at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, well, I mean, really, that's what the Avs need, too. I mean, they don't need a first line, but they need just about everything else somewhere, you know. They're not – Kiel McCarlo is, by all accounts, a dynamic uh, offensive defenseman who might even be better defensively than, than his, you know, his build-ups because he – because he's always got the puck. I mean, they're talking about this kid like he's got, like, Gowdy-type traits, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's always easy to play well in a college environment, then you get to the pros and things can change in a hurry. I've seen it too many times in my, you know, 25 years now covering this league. But, uh, you know, from all accounts, he's a, he's a top player, and they're, they're just, you know, they, yeah, I'm sorry, guys, but he's he's off limits. <laughs> Sorry, the, the the last time the Rangers signed a Hobie Baker award-winning defenseman out of college who had top four defensive potential, Matt Gilroy didn't exactly end up great for us. Yeah, I know it, right? I've seen it, right? We've seen it so many times, guys. You just fizzle out. I know. You know, one thing we haven't mentioned too, though, is uh, Chris Jury's still pretty active in the Rangers front office, right? I mean, yes, he's from GM. Yep. yep. Yeah, he's the he's the GM down in Hartford these days. Oh, that's right. So they moved him to Hartford, right? So he's not really making Ranger decisions. Well, I'll tell you what, he has a very close relationship with Joe Sackick, and, uh, you know, he was his roommate when they, uh, when they played here. So uh, They've definitely spoken uh, then. <laughs> yeah, so there's still there's, – there's always, you always look for little connections like that when you're – I think you're a reporter. It's always good to know who knows whom and who feels who, – who's got some connections back in the day. I think they always like to maybe make trades a little easier with, with those guys, you know. Uh, and they're in the Avs, uh, yeah, the Rangers have made a few deals. I mean, they they made one last year with Big Rod and uh, and and Ryan Graves has turned into a fan favorite here. Why, why don't oh we just steal you guys God. back, Ryan Graves? Jesus Christ! He was he was oh, a fan no. favorite when he left here. So, that's uh, yeah. We I'm, I haven't forgiven you. I haven't forgiven you for Nick Holden yet. That ruined two years of my life. <laughs> I warned you guys. I warned every Ranger fan about Nick Holden, but oh, I mean, I think Larry Brooks got suckered into him a little bit. I think he was a good player, but I was like, Larry, wait, see, wait, just wait. Yeah, sir. <laughs> it was a, uh, a brutal experience. Uh, a game five against Ottawa, I'll never forget. So, and yeah, then you swindled uh, him. So thanks for getting our back there. He was, uh, God, he was, he was, a, oh, he just he wouldn't move his feet. Right, he, he just gets stuck there. Uh, there, there was there was uh, a solid half season where we actually thought Nick Holden might have been a winger, and just yeah. wasn't a defenseman. No, I know, I know, the same here. Uh, <laughs> but no, Ryan Graves, Ryan Graves has been great. Yeah, we wow. like we liked Ryan Graves, both of us, and when we traded him away, both of us were like, uh, I guess we just hate him. Not not but, us no, personally, but, but the, 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 the funny thing is, the funny thing is, Bigris has been great in Hartford. It, yeah. They're just, I, from what my what my understanding is, uh, if they call him up, they can't send him back down. So I think they're trying to clear the chairs really? a little bit before calling him back up. Yeah, I, I, I don't huh. think he's waiver exempt anymore. Oh, I thought, uh, okay. I would have thought he'd got the same status as uh, Graves. Uh, Graves can be sent back and forth. Um, yeah, no, I, I liked Big Ra when he was here. I thought, I mean, Pat's, well, I remember him telling me, like, just wait till Big Ra gets you know, developed and we're going to be on our way. And uh, they thought he was going to be the bomb here. 
for some reason, they just soured on him real fast, even though I don't think he was given enough of a chance here to really prove himself. I mean, he had a couple turnovers in some early season games. All right, big deal. So does, so does uh, you know, Tyson Berry does that every single night. So what, what's your point? Uh, you know, but, uh, but Graves, I mean, uh, I'll tell you what, he's, uh, he scored two goals. He's, he's not shy about stuff. I really liked him as a player. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think he's been uh, one of their best players of late. So. Makes me sick. Adrian, thank you so much for coming on. I uh, appreciate you being here. Why don't you plug up uh, your Twitter and some of your other stuff you do before you get out of here? Okay, well, uh, yeah, I'm at Adater on Twitter. Uh, uh, and uh, I write for BSM Denver, and I write for uh, I write for some sports betting sites now. So I'm Woo! becoming a bit of a game becoming a bit of a gambling tout in my later years, which is ironic because there's a hashtag on Twitter called the Dater Jinx, which is which is kind of real. Like I'm known for cursing everything I pick. But uh so far I'm hitting about sixty five percent boys. So Whoa. check out gambling.com. Check out gambling.com and bookies.com for some uh, hockey betting advice. Wait, hold on. Five... Real quick, your yep. the website is gambling.com? Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> What a sick URL. Okay. Good job, Some, guys. Someone, someone bought, on, bought in on that early, and they're yeah. like, one day. One day this is going to pay off. Yeah, it was like six it's, days later, uh, by the way. It, it, with sports betting being legalized now, and New Jersey was at the forefront, uh, you're going to see a lot more writers get hired for gambling sites. Trust me. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah. Gambling uh, sites listening right now. Got- We're available. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's... it's uh, you know, it, without getting sidetracked by that, yeah, it's worth betting, man. Get in early because it's coming. It's oh, coming. Yeah. No, I've uh, this is this is this is the most involved I've ever been in the New York State Legislature this year because yeah. I'm just I'm waiting for them to legalize it. They're, the the hope is before opening day. That that's all yeah. I'm really asking for. If yeah. I get some baseball yeah. future bets in, then I'll be very. Happy. Oh, God, that'll ruin my <laughs> life and my financial life. Adrian, thanks so much for coming on. We'll talk to you soon, man. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Peace out. Hey, we're back. Great interview with Adrian. Provided a lot of insight. Hopefully that was uh, informational for you guys. I don't know where I'm going with this. But yeah, I don't know where you're going with it either, buddy. Do you want to go over this quick trade that just broke like literally right now, 7.36 on a Monday p.m.? Yeah. Uh, so as you're listening to this, you've definitely read about it earlier, either this morning or last night or whenever. But Jake Muzzin is now... A member of the Toronto Mop- Toronto Maple Leafs, the the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Muzzin, uh, obviously defenseman with the Kings, who haunted the Rangers for quite a bit of time. He's going to the Leafs for a first round pick. The Leafs number three prospect, who is Carl Grundstrom, and the rights to Sean Dersey, who, uh, to best of my knowledge, is somewhere in that fifteen to twenty range in terms of prospects. Uh, you're asking yourselves, okay, that's cool. You're just reporting news. What does this mean with the Rangers? Well, Muzzin was probably the best non-Kevin Hayes player available. Obviously, he's a defenseman and Hayes is a forward. Uh, Muzzin is also under contract for next season, so the Leafs are getting that additional year of control. At the same time, uh, I hope everyone knows the Rangers will not do better than what the Los Angeles Kings just did in the Jake Muzzin deal. So if you're expecting the Rangers to break down a door – in a Kevin Hayes trade, I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I think your your best hope is a top five to seven prospect from the other team 
and a first round pick for Kevin Hayes. And this kind of really puts that home for me. This is kind of setting the stage. For it's the set, rest yeah, of it the sets it sets the market. I mean, the market for depth defenseman was set today in the Jamie Alexiak trade. So I think anyone saying, "Well, Adam McQuaid, just because he's a right-handed shot, uh, he's going to get more than uh, what the Rangers, what the what the Penguins got for nope. Alexiak." It's not how it works, guys. Alexiak straight up is a better defender than Adam McQuaid. So if you if you if you're really delusional and think the Rangers are going to be significantly better off in a trade for Adam McQuaid, you're nuts. Alexiak's having a better year. He's a better defenseman. Fourth round pick is what the what the Stars had to give up for Alexiak. Rangers gonna be hard to do better than that. So is what it is. But yeah, I, I think I think Muzzin helps uh, helps paint a clearer picture as to what you can expect in a Kevin Hayes trade. All right, quickly let's go over said Royal Rumble that happened uh, last night. Every year I pay attention to wrestling, the World Wrestling Entertainment business. Uh, from Rumble to WrestleMania, and then I stopped completely in my tracks. Uh, overall, for me personally, the show was good, not great. I thought there were some moments that really lacked pop, uh, especially in the men's Royal Rumble. I thought the women's Royal Rumble was good, yet extra long, uh, to a point where I wasn't sure. I mean, I, the ending was perfect. I couldn't ask for anything better. The ending for the women's uh, Royal Rumble was magnificent. But the men's, in general, like, I was lacking surprise. There was no twist or turn, really, that I thought... I mean, there was one twist or turn at the end, without without spoiling it just yet, but we will have a few seconds here, uh, that I thought was interesting choice by the WWE, but wasn't, like, a moment where I was like, oh, this is really going to happen. I never believed it. As soon as Seth Rollins uh, gets thrown through a table, you just are convinced as a fan, like, oh, shit, he's going to win. There's no other way he's going to win. Uh, I really thought, I, as someone that put some uh, actual human being dollars on Braun Strowman, I was convinced that this was all a work, too. They didn't want to do Strowman-Lesnar now because they wanted to do Strowman-Lesnar later. So this was all a work to get Strowman closer to WrestleMania. But uh, I don't hate Rollins winning. I <laughs> You said you were going to spoil it. We're spoiling it right now. Yeah, we are. I fucking love that they allowed Nia Jax to take bumps from men. I did love that. And too. not just not not just not just any bumps, but she took a super kick, a six one nine, and an RKO. In, in a row, like, by the way. <laughs> yeah. She got she got fucked up. It's like twenty nineteen, man. Women can do whatever men can do. And it's like, uh yeah. So Nia Jax did, and it was great. I thought um, I thought it was good that she that was like I think that was the last second wrinkle they threw in when John Cena uh, maybe it was planned the whole time, but I felt like it was thrown in at the end when I think John Cena it was, came I think out. It was planned, well, the, I mean, it's it's WWE saying it. They're going to say that Strowman replaced Cena. Uh, I, you could believe whatever you want to believe there. I, I think they had an idea that Nia Jack spot was coming the whole time. Um, I, I, I think your disappointment and the lack of surprises is actually a good piece of business by WWE. Uh, instead of having old geezers or retired women come into the ring, in these rumbles, they're now just bringing up NXT talent. So, guys that I'm sure you were just like, who the fuck is that? Like, Pete Dunne? There was I'm some... sure you had no idea who the okay, hell he is. Okay, so I... Is Pete Dunne the British guy? He's the... the yeah, he's the, the NXT fingers? UK champ. Yeah. With a big, massive I head. I hate that guy. He, yeah, his head is uh, it's too big. And he's, like, got the flab going on with the one piece, and the finger thing annoys me. He's lame. I was rooting... I, put, I couldn't have... <laughs> he got so much heat for me, it was insane. I hated him, but, like, every part of him. But, for for example, I'd much rather have Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano in the Royal Rumble than I would 
God, I don't even know who the, they were. The like, Dudley boys round three or something like that? Yeah. Like, it, it's so much better to have those guys who can actually do shit than, you know, Tatanka coming back in for the hundredth year and someone having to gently throw him over the top rope. Is Matt Hardy injured? Matt Hardy is like semi-retired. Got it. I'm also very happy he was not in the Rumble. Got it. Interesting. Um, and the I, I think the length of both the women's Rumble and the men's Rumble was perfect. I, you're expecting those matches to be over an hour. I get it. The, my problem was just there was no reason for that show to end at midnight, and it just fucking pissed me off. None of us need to be awake that late. What the fuck's going on? I, I, it did go a little long. I will give you that. I, I think ending at 11, it was like 11.45, 11.55, but yeah, it was pretty brutal. The there were, All the matches were okay. I thought they were all right, but there was no match. Like, there wasn't a match I would call bad. I, I, the lack of surprises was a little surprising. I think I, last year's Rumble had, had maybe one of the best matches of all time, which was Cena, AJ Styles, and that match was fucking phenomenal. Uh, and this this year, like, I didn't know Daniel Bryan went heel. I had no idea. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, he well, it, I, yeah, it's it's hard for you to just jump in randomly. I don't understand the whole Eric Rowan thing. That's completely new. You're you know much about that as I do currently, and I'm someone that watches the quick Hulu recaps every week. Uh, no idea what the fuck's going on there. So that kind of put a damper on that match. Uh, I didn't love that Becky lost clean to Asuka, but at the same time, Becky won the Rumble. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, it'll be interesting though, to see great. how... Yeah, no, it's, no, no complaint. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Charlotte remains involved or gets involved in Becca Rousey. Because everyone and their mother assumes it's going to be Becca Rousey at Mania. But everyone also assumed the way we were going to get there was Becca, Be- Becky beats uh, Asuka for the title, Charlotte wins the Rumble, and then Charlotte goes, I'm challenging both of you. Right. That was the way that it made sense to happen. Now now at least it'll be interesting to see how we get there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a good card. I, there was nothing that left me angry. It's just uh, – just so fucking long. It doesn't have to be that. Long. It feels like the WWE is in that transition period where they're lacking that that star roster. How do I put this? Like, so okay, so stars on the roster right now is like Seth Rollins, right? Obviously, yep. Brock Lesnar. You get you get Strowman, uh, Randy Orton. Okay, cool. Like I'm, you know, I guess Ambrose is like a he's an intercontinental kind of guy more rather than anything else. But they're they're kind of lacking that extra two guys that really make a full card. If it just feels like they were really they're really close, but they're not there yet. Uh, no, I, I, I disagree with that. I th- I think the top of the card is is arguably more stacked now than it's been in a lot of years. Uh, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Randy Orton, those guys can carry uh, Rusev, Nakamura. Those guys can easily carry SmackDown. And then on Raw, you have you have Lesnar, Strowman, Rollins, Lashley. Ambrose, Roman Reigns when he comes back. Like I, I think the men's card and the women's. The to me, if you want to improve the product, uh, I, I think you just rather it doesn't need to be three hours anymore. Uh, I think you can do much better with storytelling if Raw was only two hours. And I, I, I think the the women's division just needs to be on one show. Uh, yeah, I, I possible. think the women's division is insanely deep. But I, if if you're looking for a a problem with Star power. I just separating the women's division just hamstrings you a little bit too much to me. They just have so many talented women on the roster. It's insane. Yeah, but I, I just the fact that I mean the fact that we don't have Rousey and Becky just yelling at each other every week and Charlotte just getting involved. I, I the women's division is now deep enough where you can have like 
a women's championship and then like a women's version of the intercontinental title. Yeah, it seems that way. So right. I would just I would just like to see all that on one card. And we're adding women tag belts. So it's I would prefer it if the women were on one brand and then we can see the entire division interacting and we can cut the shit with this stupid uh, you 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 don't watch weekly. So the, Mandy Rose and Naomi are doing this whole oh, you I'm broke trying up to my, get your husband. My, my husband thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, no, they, they haven't broken up, but Mandy Rose is like, I hate you so much that so I'm going to get your husband to cheat on you. And it's just like, it's 2019. Why is this a storyline? What are we doing? Yeah, what, 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 what is happening? What's good here? Uh, what? Last thing, isn't Lesnar, isn't WrestleMania like his last contract, supposedly? We've been, it, it's been, uh, our good friend Joe Napoli is under the impression that Lesnar's never actually going back to the UFC and he just keeps using them as a, a carrot to get more money. And I think he's doing it very successfully. It's worked because they need him really bad. <laughs> well, they do. They, he's, a, think, he's a monster. They've painted him in, in a way that he's un, almost unbeatable and he's been like a champ for how many years now? Yeah, but they, they've done that to him. They've done that to themselves. I don't think they need Lesnar as much as they think they need Lesnar. Just the division would be so much more entertaining if it was Rollins and Balor fighting every week for the title. Rollins is fucking sick. He's so good. Balor's I, fucking sick. I agree, but it just—I I was so pissed off how they treated Rollins in the Rumble, even though he won. It was just such. It was like maybe the lamest Rumble win ever. He did nothing. He got thrown through a table, and then he like accidentally won. Kinda. It was. It was lame. It was super lame. I, I was mad about that because I like Rollins a lot. He's my favorite guy to watch when I do watch. So whatever. Yeah. It. It didn't bother me. The only part that bothered me is I had money on Strowman and he didn't win. All right. Uh, we're out of here for this week. If you want to hear us talk about the baseball uh, future lockout, possibly, in the way of the offseason that's come, you can go to our, our Patreon. Actually, we'll be doing that today. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at O'RyanMead. Greg is at BlueShirtsBreak. And we'll be back next week with more actual Ranger games to break down and uh, hopefully maybe a trade. Who knows? All right. Here we go. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.